good listeners. Our guest on Just Talking is writer and star Sean Crampton to discuss his new action thriller, The Stocking Fields. And let's go ahead and bring him up live on screen. Sean Crampton, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. Let's go ahead and start preparing for what is the trailer for your brand new action thriller, The Stocking Fields. To the Stocking Fields treatment program for which you've been selected. We here, along with the U.S. military, are part of a brand new PTSD treatment program. The ultimate hunting therapy for our veterans. How do we survive something like this? Let's make it to the river. We're the best ship if we stick together. You stick what you want. I'm making it to the river. This is hopeless. He is going to find us and kill us. Senior Chief Marcus Woodman. They talk like you're some big hero. He's one of ours. He's not one of mine. Somebody want to tell me what's going on around here? Your country thanks you for making the ultimate sacrifice. Give the CCS family a rundown of what the stocking field is all about. Yeah, the stocking fields is about a group of civilians who get entangled with the PTSD program. And on the surface, that should be good, but it turns out to be super nefarious. And we're trying like a different angle in because Navy SEALs and special operators cost a lot of money. And so we thought that would be a big issue for the government is PTSD because now their operators aren't uh, out in the field and they're losing money. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, on a level, too, with the stocking fields, there's like a sense of the theater of the absurd, you know, Mm -hmm. throughout the stocking fields as there's like a shifting layers of, you know, perception and reality that uh, come into question uh, for the viewer. Uh, And so what is the message that you're trying to convey? That's a good question. I mean, I guess there is many, uh, many layers for me, but what I like what I'm playing around with now is that I think everybody carries PTSD in certain ways, but the military sort of is galvanized the term. So everybody in the movies experiencing or playing out their PTSD. Yo, yeah, absolutely. And I know on the one hand, the stocking fields is a, about a bunch of soldiers, you know, who have been rehabilitated to get back at what they do best kill (laughs) so why was it important to make a film addressing ptsd well my dad was a navy seal for 27 years so not only his experience but growing up in that community in imperial beach you know there's four military bases in san diego you can't throw a rock and not hit a military family and our perspective, you know, talking to my dad and some other guys early on was that Hollywood wasn't necessarily portraying it accurately or all of it or from their perspective in the special forces. So we thought it was maybe like a Trojan horse to get the conversation. I don't know what the conversation will be, but I know people aren't having it at a public level. And uh, that's what we wanted. Yeah, and I know uh, for yourself, uh, Sean, that, you know, this film is very personal to you because you are the co-producer, writer, and star of The Stocking Fields. And so, uh, 
you know, your father unfortunately committed suicide uh, last year in April, struggling with PTSD. And did he was he open about that uh, with you during those previous years? No, no. I I mean, I've had I mean, I found so much out about our family history after he died that we had four suicides in our family that no one ever talked about like wild, you know, and I'm like, that would have been helpful. (laughs) But I, so I had my own suicide ideation in my twenties where I was like, I could probably go that way. And I asked him, you know, thinking like, if anybody has touched the sun on this topic, it's a Navy SEAL is doing 13 deployments. And I asked him, Hey, have you ever thought about it? And he's like, no, never. And I understand he was trying to protect me, but that's how, well hidden it was he was diagnosed back in 2009 2010 on his the last deployment wow uh, yeah so but your father no you know what i was reading about you sean is your father didn't serve not one not two not three but he served 13 deployments that doesn't sound normal in my opinion mm-hmm. I, I, how many what's like do you know what's the like the average deployment well, I don't even think they let people do that anymore. If you remember the American Sniper uh, movie and oh, book, yeah. like that guy went back to back to back like four times and they're just, they weren't thinking and PTSD in the community was like a career killer. So my dad loved it. I, I, you know, he loved the adventure, the brotherhood. I don't think he accounted for the PTSD, I think in some ways he hoped he got killed on the field. Truly. But Sean, like, okay, well, okay, because my first reaction when I read that your father went through 13 deployments was that, uh, was it a money incentive or is it a, like a calling? It's a calling. And that's funny you use that word because that's what exactly what he would have said. It's a wow. calling. He never, you know, to my perspective, he would always be like, just do what you love and the money will come. Obviously, yeah. he, he didn't love murder or anything. He loved the brotherhood, the camaraderie, being outside, the adventure. The He was very, like, OCD in the sense of, like, cleaning everything. So he liked that kind of stripping the rifle, cleaning it. So, yeah, yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience. It was definitely a calling for him. And I don't think he would change a single thing. Well, okay. Yeah. Because I know on the other hand, the, the stocking fields has like a not too subtle indictment, you know, on the government mm-hmm. and in CDO to perform these unethical research on its people, but generally soldiers. Uh, so was this intentional to address this in the stocking fields? Yeah. And we, we sort of found it more and more as we went through the edit, but you know, the United States is based out of like our medical history is formed out of world war one and world war two which is triage treatment meaning you get wounded you get treated whereas like sweden's preventative let's treat you before you get there and so that's the same standard today if you think about it these guys aren't getting help like my dad did 13 deployments and they literally retired him in the back with the fucking handshake there was no egress out and if there was wow. it wasn't great i remember one navy seal telling me they sent a psychiatrist to them. And this guy was on task force bruiser, which is like one of the gnarliest companies in military history, probably, or at least recent history. And he said, the psychologist told them that world war two veterans had it harder. So imagine being overseas and that's the guy who's supposed to help you. And he tells you, suck it up. They had it worse a hundred years ago. It's like, well, no shit. They had it worse. They're fucking in trenches. And what are we talking yeah, about? So it's just, exactly, it's just interesting. Sean. Yeah. Yeah. And so what would you like to see 
uh, change, you know, in the year mm. 2023? Is there still something that's going on that you, cause obviously you were a son to, you know, an incredible mm. Navy SEAL, you know, uh, w- w- from that outside perspective, uh, what would you like to see change? Oh, great question. Thank you for me. I just want to see more of a conversation, you know, and it is happening. Uh, there's a lot of stuff happening in the AR and VR world for vets where they put on a headset and they can have therapy or augmented reality. Okay, I don't mean to cut you off right now, Sean, because that's fascinating. We were just mm-hmm. in our say it conversation where, you know, AI with the historical figures is starting mm-hmm. to pop up. There's, you know, the chat uh, GPTs and, you know, a lot of us young kids, even the zillennials are kind of mm-hmm. getting a little skeptical mm-hmm. about the idea of AR and VR being more enhanced in our society. Uh, so please explain how that has been beneficial to soldiers, you know, coming out of these war fields. Well, they're still developing it. So it's, you know, I was part of uh, a pitch to the military and it was kind of crazy because our pitch was so good and I was, and they didn't select it. We got all the way up. And this is a huge company that does AR um, from Microsoft, Google, like it was a big project and we got close. We got to the final round, but they didn't get selected. And my thought was they were almost too good. And the way this would have helped is like if you're a veteran suffering and you're having a moment, you could put on this set and literally say, like, I'm fucked up right now. And that program would identify how severe it is. Obviously, like if you're suicidal, it will start calling hotlines and the police. Sure. But if you're more just like struggling you can go and just be with other vets who've contributed, but it's all digitally and you hear their stories because group therapy is the be- is great in a way because you can hear someone else's rendition of what you're going through without your emotional attachment. So you can see it a lot cleaner. Wow. Um, and that was the theory behind it. And then aside from that, doing. But what would you see uh, when you put the goggles on? What, what, what would be popping up on the screen? I mean, yeah. I know they used to do that practice uh, in Japan with some of the senior citizens. Yeah. And, you know, some of them are so, you know, they can't get up. They're bed struck. And so, you know, some of them still wanted to travel. So they use the, you know, the VR and the AR mm. to kind of be able to travel wherever you want around the world. Is that something that you're sort of getting at? It was more like, because I was directing it, it was more like if you put them on, depending on what number you check in at, like let's say one through 10, I'm a seven today. Okay, that means you're safe, but you're probably struggling a little bit. So it put you in literally like a group setting, almost not like AA, but like a circle. And you look around and there's 10 digitized veterans. And based on what you're saying and doing, they're responding and sharing their stories like it, it wouldn't be cold like you have no yeah. idea what's about to happen like every one of these vets would be informed and it probably wouldn't work because a lot of these old timers don't give a fuck so there's lots of ways around like plant-based medicine ayahuasca is having right. an 80 percent cure rate with the navy seals ptsd but the government's not paying for it so it's like these guys are having to go get through like the navy seal foundation and other foundations they're having to go pay for their own treatment that the right. government <laughs> gave them. Wow. That, yeah. that, that, that is fascinating and intriguing. And, you know, Sean, I, I do know when you guys were starting to get into the writer room, I know you and Jordan, uh, your writing partner, you know, yeah, grew up in military families. Mm-hmm. And uh, the director, Rick Maddock, was a army veteran. So yeah. how much military experiences were infused in the filmmaking process? 
Oh man, between Jordan, Rick and I, we had a lot and um, it's interesting, you know, we're trying to walk a fine line. There's a lot of folks out there who are like super detail oriented with shows and movies. They're like, that's not how it would be exactly. And well, you got to kind of find the balance between reality and entertainment. And I come from a background where I'm like, I'm not trying to give away tradecraft secrets either. So <laughs> like people are so silly. They don't think forward there. So we had a lot. Rick like literally would take us out in the field. He was a sniper. And so we had, I felt very confident and I've been around guns my whole life because of my dad. Not that I'm a gun nut, but I feel safe knowing like how to handle that tool. Yeah. Cause I know your father was very vocal with you cause you were in the early stages of riding the stocking fields, mm -hmm. you know, before he passed away and he, and like you kind of said at the top of the show, he had a real big problem with the depiction of Hollywood films, particularly on the war fields about mm -hmm. weapons and the symptom that he struggled with PTSD. Yeah. And what were some of those one-on-one -on -one conversations that he told you, Sean? Well, it was, it was more like, and I'm also paraphrasing and, you know, it's from my perspective, the receipt of his input, but he basically, the sh you know, like Shia LaBeouf, who's like, I think the best actor of my generation, our generation, it's like, he did a war movie and it's very dramatic and it's very tear. It's like an Oscar movie. And yes, I'm sure they experienced a shade of that, but mostly with these guys, they can't fit in and, or they did the thing and now they can't do the thing. And to them that gives them no purpose. And uh, he called it behavioral avoidance. So if you got into a car accident, you wouldn't want to drive anymore. If you're a Navy SEAL, you wouldn't want to fight anymore. And we were just like, oh, that seems like it would be a big problem for the U.S. government. Let's see maybe an interesting way how they would attack it. Yeah, absolutely. And I know um, in 2018, Sean, uh, you visited a PTSD specialist. And I kind of want to let the CCS mm -hmm. family know, you know, you didn't even know about your father's symptom then you just mm -hmm. happened to want to go to a PTSD specialist to get some body massage work. Yeah. And what did he tell you? Yeah, it was a trip. I went with my uh, ex-girlfriend producer on the a movie, Brooke who's fucking amazing. And uh, she was seeing this specialist cause we were doing CrossFit really hard at the time and just starting to take care of our bodies. And he happened to be from the university of Chicago was doing MDMA treatment for veterans and I, the first time I'd ever heard about it and, uh, he started, he basically like, imagine he could read your body like a map without ever touching it. So I've had like, uh, from rugby, I separated this collarbone twice and without even touching me, he said, you had a two degree separation on that shoulder. You know, that's the kind of like, like, uh, this guy's that, uh, experienced. And yeah. so after our first and second session, I'm crying on the table. Like, and I don't know why, but he's just touching certain parts. I mean, it's releasing something within the body. And afterwards he told me, he's like, you're carrying as much PTSD as I've ever come across. Which is just wild for yeah. me to even, you know, yeah. I, I couldn't even imagine what that even feels like, you know, and especially someone like yourself who has never stepped on a war field. That's right. Uh, have you ever like taken a step back and kind of <laughs> like wondered like where that stress came from? Yeah. 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 So for me, you know, and I've been doing a lot of therapy 
I do individual therapy, group therapy. I'm on a men's team, which is like a support group that meets once a week to help inspire and support each other. And I do plant-based medicine. But for me, like, it's actually pretty simple. You know, I think children are human sponges. You know, if you really think about it, we're just like enacting what we're seeing as we grow up. So if you had PTSD, it's not like I'm a kid going, that's PTSD. It's he came home and he was edgy around this subject. So now I'm edgy around this subject. So it's not like I have the direct causation of PTSD. I have the habituation of it because as a parent, I'm or a kid. I'm soaking in everything my parent did at the age that I was super malleable. Like I used to have severe, severe road rage, like beyond normal. I almost broke my hand once hitting my steering wheel. I was young, you know, and my dad was like, oh, I gave that to you. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, in Afghanistan, if you get into traffic, you're dead. And I'm like, what? Mm. And he's like, it's an ambush. So when I came home from Afghanistan, this is him telling me, he's like, I would be like this. Like, he's like, I almost killed a guy at a gas station because he cut me off one week after I got back from deployment. He's like, I realized I was still there. Did and your dad so I'm just like, with him. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, Sean. No I mean, did you, does your dad like every time? Cause again, you, your father went on 13 deployments. Yeah. Did he, you know, every time that he came back home, I could imagine, you know, it must've been difficult on you, you know, be, you know, raising to become the man that your father Mark wanted you to be. Yeah. Uh, did he have like multiple personalities or was he always him? But was, there's always like an itch that he wasn't in, in, in the moment, if you know what I mean, totally. like he's always thinking about something on the back of his mind. You know, that's a great, great question. Um, you know, this was a total surprise when my dad killed himself. Cause he was as about, as about buttoned up and dialed in and like organized and clean as you could possibly be. People love to be around him. So I bring that up because everything was right here. Yeah. Like he never complained about the food. And let me tell you, lots to complain about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you know right. what I mean? But you can extrapolate that example everywhere. And so, you know, he had a really brutal childhood and we were only able to talk about it twice in his whole life. And so, you know, no judgment, but that's what happened. No, I, I definitely hear you. And I know, Sean, you're on record calling America, quote, a Band-Aid country taking minimal measures to prevent and heal major psychic wounds of its servicemen. And I know you were talking about holistic medicine just now, and I'm not even going to try to even say <laughs> the yeah, medicine, but I believe you were an advocate of what Aaron Rodgers was uh, mm -hmm. using back down in South America. That's Is that right. something that you would like to see some of these, you know, servicemen and, you know, and maybe possibly even the family members use you know to yeah. kind of cure you know some of that military indoctrination inside the household yeah absolutely i hope everybody who feels called to it you know they call it medicine which at times can feel a little hokey but it's the absolute truth it helped me beyond belief and i only did one ceremony so you know when you're talking directly to seals or cia guys who are like yeah i went down to peru and i, I don't have ptsd anymore it's like, whoa, okay. And you can believe right. it once you've done it. So just trying to talk to it. I don't think it's for everybody or ev everybody on earth needs it. There's no one way to skin the cat. And that's why I'm trying to, from my part at least, bring up the conversation. So if it's just out there in the zeitgeist, 
there's going to be a hundred angles in. And then after that, after the military, I think people in general have PTSD, but the military is just so obvious that we probably need to just start there. I think that's a, a great mindset. I mean, it doesn't hurt to try, you know, especially yeah. I, you know, I would ha- definitely highly recommend it, you know, for servicemen. I don't know about the average Joe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if we want to go where the state yeah. of Oregon is going and yeah. just legalizing yeah. everything. I, yeah, I think no, that's a it bit should all be like. very proctored. It's very serious. Right. I take it very serious and I, and I have a good time. I party, but right. this is no joke. And so that's how I approach it. Absolutely, Sean. And I know for inspiring filmmakers who want to make that next big step to turning their feature film into a reality, uh, I know they're listening right now to the Chris Collins show. What is your advice to them? I appreciate that. I actually built an online film school called the Rebel Filmmaking Community, which I call the Soccer Mom Film School because everybody (laughs) everybody could do it and it's meant for everybody. It's like literally meant for people outside of L.A. and New York. And I take them through development pre-production production because it's my fifth film and so for me you're you know watch the offer the godfather show because people ask oh, was all the it time. incredible on paramount plus uh, very people, well done people very go, well done what is a producer and i go yes. watch the offer because that's <laughs> a producer it's like overcoming no's and you just overcome as many no's as you have to until the movie's done and the second piece is like no matter what the film is, it's always different. It's like opening a different business. That's how I look at it. Okay, this film's going to have a different approach. I don't know what it is yet, but we'll find it. And I make a list of everything that needs to get it done. It might be, you know, not tangibly, literally a list, but right. I have a list and then I cross off the list and then the movie's done, right? And you just got to do it and be okay with the failures because there will be many. And, yep. and just accept like, you plan as best as you can so that you can improvise when it goes awry. Cause it will, there's never <laughs> been a film. It's usually one thing a day on average that you're like, Oh fuck. So <laughs> right, right. you just got to do it. You just got to do it as annoying. Absolutely. As Sean Crampton. And I know, uh, what are you planning on the, in the new year? I mean, we got about one minute left, yeah. uh, but I just want to, you know, be able to kind of uh, have this opportunity for you to be able to kind of let the CCS family know what's good. Is there any big ambitions that you got going? Any big plans for the year? 2023, a new film cooking up. Yeah, I filmed uh, a pilot I created last year with Bart Rome and Kyle Brady. And so we're shopping that around. I have a bunch of material that's also in different stages of development or being bought. So and I also produce something that's uh, being edited right now. So kind of loosely Beautiful. overseeing that. So a lot going on. Just looking to take care of myself right now and uh, maybe lay off the gas a little bit with the hard work and just kind of be... Hey, well, you should be incredibly stoked with your brand new film. It's an action Thank thriller, you. CCS family. Go ahead and check out the stocking fields. Yes. It's available pretty much everywhere on yeah. streaming services. So, Sean Crampton, thank you again for joining the Chris College Show Millennial Talk Show. Thank you so much, Chris. Pleasure to meet you. Hey, absolutely, brother. What's good? It's Chris from the Chris Collins Show Millennial Talk Show featuring alternative pop rock band Poe the Passenger amassing over 1 million streams with their debut LP Alinea joins Off the Fret. More music, more music talk. What's good, party people? Chris Collins Show presents Music Storm 2022, hosted by Chris Collins and Marissa Pitts, featuring Royals. 
Hurricane Highway. Cannibal Kids. Amanda Cooksey. Astoria State. Kid Dad. Resounding. Sleep cycles. Avenues. Freckles. Weather war. Just true. Sophia Marie. Music Storm 2022. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Our brand new podcast off the fret. I love it. It's more time to chat. <laughs> Hello. You would look you so jazzy. I love your outfit. How far would you go to start playing live music again? This slaps harder than my ex when she got her stimulus check. So, um, <laughs> so um, are you here to bring the sexual healing with your music? Oh, everything is everything, and I guarantee you're going to hear this song in the future. I love the flow, man. Politically charged album. So if you get easily offended, this might not be the album for you. Brand new podcast off the fret. So excited. Um, has Kim Kardashian accidentally sent you a coochie shot? Do you want to stay there? It's completely your choice. Or you want to... <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. And you know what I love? Off the fret. More music, more music talk. Peace. <laughs>